I want everybody to know that Meadow just <laughs> stood up and bent over so that the blood could rush to her head. Yeah. So she Touch could. your toes. Do a little stretch. Yeah. I needed my, my brain needed some more blood. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Welcome to the intro that doesn't have video, but the episode does. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday. Welcome back. Very Meadow, who's on today? Ryan Kingman, baby. My very own mentor, which we actually all just call him Kingman. But January is actually mentorship month. So it's perfect that we had him on. We've been wanting him on for so long. He has monumentally changed my life and career. And I'm so excited because he gave us so many tidbits about the lessons that we speak to personally all the time too. So to give you a little background of why we're obsessed with him, Kingman is an entrepreneurial brand founder and a marketing leader who's played such a pivotal role in the coolest brands in sports, entertainment, creative cultures. Some of those names include like Stance, Element, Igloo, Studio Remains, so many more. His latest venture is called Temple of Wellness and Weirdness, clearly our favorite things, which is launching soon with their own podcast. And so, of course, we dove into all the things that led Kingman to this space and what those weird and well practices are that have monumentally changed his life. We talked about so much in this episode. You have no idea. We kind of touched on everything from entrepreneurial stuff and starting your own business Mm -hmm. to we got a little personal as we do here on Thoughts by Mary. We talked about sticking to your why and identifying your company's values, as well as creating a cohesive team, which I asked so many questions about because like, I like to hear about how people run their businesses and how they hire people. The authentic leadership Mm. tips were just astounding. We also talked about why the money will follow the movement, something that ever since Meadow started working with Kingman, she reminds me of probably once a week. We also talked about ice baths and Wim Hof, which I'm always interested about, and his newest infatuation, Stoicism. There's so much in this episode. I think it's going to be a really valuable one, so enjoy. And Kingman even mentioned that he'd be willing to come back and do sort of like a Q&A style with us too. He can kind of be everyone's internet mentor. So if you have good career questions, if this pings things for you, if you're you know interested in entrepreneurship, authentic leadership, all that jazz, obviously send us a DM or on our website, submit a question there and we'll bring him back. Or messages. He could be your mentor too, digitally, baby. Yeah. Or messages on Patreon because we answer oh, yeah. those real quick. We do answer those real quick. All right. Thank you so much, Kingman. Thank you, Kingman. Enjoy the episode. Do you have an ice bath in your backyard? Do you I have do. like your own? Oh, I have like a converted freezer. It's like a uh, Frigidaire. You just lift the lid and you jump in. And then you, it's not like one of the things. It's not, that. <laughs> you guys it's should make like an ice bath ones. tank. Hey, yeah. that's, as long as it gets <laughs> the job done. Yeah, seriously. Well, they have these really nice ones now. Like there's a brand called Cold Plunge. There's a few of them. And they're like these really nice ceramic tubs that have circulating water. You don't have to change it as much. Um, Dang. They're like they're like fancy. They fancy. They'll sponsor your podcast like kinda, and then you'll oh, get yeah. one. <laughs> I don't know if that would be amazing. That would be amazing. That's the dream right there. <laughs> It'll happen. I started with like kind of the real raw dog style, which is you just get a horse trough and fill it with water and then go get bags of ice, fill it with ice and jump in. I think that's but it's not that great. Like it's not that sustainable because it's expensive to get the ice. Mm, the ice melts mm-hmm. pretty quick. Yeah. Um, unless you live somewhere cold, you just leave it with water and right. then you just like smash the ice and jump in. That'd be ideal. But in Southern California, it doesn't get that cold. Not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Not going to work. But I'm still like <sighs> shivering from, I was in there for a couple of minutes, like 15, 20 minutes ago. Oh, oh I, I thought you were going to say 15, 20 minutes. Me I was too. Like, oh I was like, what? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> What's your record? No, I, uh, probably like six minutes. Damn. Like that. I don't, after a while, it's diminishing returns. It's yeah. just, some people do it. I think it's more like, you know, tough ego factor to stay in for a long time. I think like, yeah. uh, was I reading Joe or saw Joe Rogan went in for like 20 minutes once, which I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a health benefit for that long. I, right. I just don't know. I don't think so. They say like 11 to 15 minutes a week, just oh, broken up. Okay. So okay. like it could be a minute now or a minute there, two minutes there, whatever. Sometimes it's so cold, I can do no more than a minute. Like if it gets yeah. sub 30 sometimes, it's like I, it hurts so bad to be in there. Totally, totally. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow. I but I, I really want to try it. Yeah, Gabby and I, I have like still not time, tried it, so we need yeah. to. I think the last time I like ever did anything remotely similar, I was like in high school when I was running cross country and I would get in like the gross ice bath in the trainer's oh. room. But that's as far as it's gone. Yeah. My version of that is like summer camp when they have like the, the river running down from the mountain that's freezing and they make you hold on to someone's ankles and go under for as long as you can. Like that's as much as I got. Yeah. There I you go. I would love to do that. 
Let's do you, wow, We could do a big surreal. bear retreat, podcast retreat. We'll all go do it. Oh my God. <laughs> Why not? I'm so down. I'm so down. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Thoughts may vary. We've Thoughts been trying to get you on for so long. The day has oh, finally you. arrived. Thanks for being patient. The day has arrived. Oh my gosh. Thanks for being patient with us and flexible with us. Oh, absolutely. We start every podcast by asking our guests what they're currently unpacking. I always tell people like, take that yeah. as it resonates. Oh boy. It could be as like serious. light and fluffy. Um, yeah, exactly. Serious. Well, I'm in kind of a uh, interesting, precarious place in life right now. So I'm unpacking a lot. Mm. <laughs> um, Let's dig in. Life is life is difficult, man. It's like yeah. I think through social media or whatnot, you know, you get this perception that there's it's you know oh just like you know stay posy or you know there's so there, there's so many sort of like quotes and tidbits of of inspiration and motivation out there that you can kind of like draw upon but at the end of the day those are just that they're just inspiration and motivation and it's like doesn't really help you get through what you need to get through mm. and you know there's challenges all around i mean i'm a parent i'm a partner with my wife i'm starting a business i've worked in different businesses i try to be there for other people where i can to help them if they need but it's all it's it's all kind of a lot and i love it it's it's the it's the journey it's life that's what it's about but to unpack some shit <laughs> to answer directly <laughs> to your question now yeah i'm unpacking like where i'm at in life i mean i'm mm. you know middle-aged and have had some success, but not a ton of success. And I'm unpacking sort of like, what is, what am I put here on this earth to do? What, what, mm. I don't want to just work for somebody. I want to mm -hmm. do something that has some impact and, and some meaning. And so that's kind of what I've been working on. But, you know, unpacking such a a, a broad term, like yeah. I hope we could spend this whole time just unpacking my fucking psychological <laughs> mayhem. And that's our solo episodes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what literally, it's quite literally, literally what we're literally, doing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. I, it's so true. And it kind of leads me like swan dives into my first question for you perfectly because I kind of wanted to talk about mm. One, just introducing you as my mentor. Do you know? I don't even think I told you. Do you know it's Mentorship Month? No. Oh, it's wow. mentorship. Happy Look Mentorship Month to us. Hey, happy Mentorship <laughs> Cheers Month to us. to us. Yeah. I actually got you a small gift, but I think you have it. But I oh. got it on the off chance that like if you didn't have it, it's required. I'll give it to you. I'll show you. Oh. At the end one of this. for home, one for office. Oh, I love there it. you it go. Works. Yeah. I give one for the yeah. podcast bus just I love in case. It. But I wanted I to wait. kind of talk about how we originally met and got connected because I just like speaking of like finding inspiration and aspiration and that not helping you move through. When we originally met at the Lonely Ghost retreat, kind of like the main people of Lonely Ghost at the time went on this retreat to kind of like plan the following year or whatnot. And you came in and gave like a little talk or a little lecture with two things that were not only inspiring, but also were like direct tangible steps of how to like act in alignment with your mission or what you're trying to do here. Maybe not here on this earth, but here in your work. Mm. And mm -hmm. I've never stopped thinking about them since. I bring them up Talks to Gabby and like every <laughs> thoughts may vary like powwow session. I talk about these, yeah. I feel like. So I kind of wanted to give the people a little tidbit on what that was and have you elaborate on them. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> you said a lot of good <laughs> shit. There's, but there's two main things. The first one was when you were at Stance, you talked about not only the importance of creating like such authentic values and kind of like what you're saying, like authentically bringing in like what you're about, what you're going through into what you're doing, because that's like the way to be successful and the way for you to find your own happiness in what you're doing. But then you also took that a step further and talked about actually creating the opportunities for the people that you're working with or that you're employing to practice those values in real time and like the mm. opportunities to express them. And you told us the story about how you like took your team on kind of like a scavenger event. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? I yeah. want you to kind of say, yeah. say more things on that. Elaborate. <laughs> Yeah. So when we started Stance, I mean, we had certain values, I think, as individuals, but we hadn't really gotten together and sort of identified what they would be from a brand standpoint. Mm. And then to kind of canonize those. So they're sort of like, you know, on the wall and mean something. And it takes a long time. And we spent a, a fair amount of time coming up with what we figured our brand values would be, both internal and external. From an internal standpoint, it was really like how we wanted people to show up, what we could do for them, how we wanted them to interact with us as, you know, employees or whatnot. I remember it by GP Peck. So gratitude, personal responsibility, performance, entrepreneurship, and creativity were the, the key values. They've added a new one now, which is respect. Mm -hmm. It really meant something for us to kind of have these to sort of rally around, yeah. both what to look for in people you want to work with, mm -hmm. how you kind of conduct yourself in your day-to-day -day work, and sort of things to aspire towards. So entrepreneurship is one that's like, 
you know, not everyone's going to be entrepreneurial, but there's certain things you can do or opportunities you can present for people to express themselves entrepreneurially. Mm -hmm. And then the sort of <laughs> field trip that I organized yeah. for the department. Yeah, field that trip was excursion. Yeah, that was kind of basically meant to kind of bring those values to life in a meaningful way, it, allow them to express them in different ways. And this was at the recommendation of a mentor of mine. Oh, really? And she recommended I do this. Yeah, cool. yeah, Shelby. We met up at Deus one day in Venice. I was talking about some of my challenges and she expressed some ideas. And this was one of them was to kind of put together this trip and then I took it one step further and kind of was like, hey, maybe I can rally it around our values, our key, our, you know, the brand values and give them an opportunity to express them. So I got our, our whole team at the time. I think there was probably like 12 or 15 of us and we broke ourselves up into groups. And I basically gave everyone $100 and said, you got to go to these specific locations. Like there was a few stores that I wanted them to check out as it correlated back to the brand. I think it was Mollusk, Deus, mm. a couple other stores. And then... I said, I want you to use this money to feed yourself, buy some sort of media that is meaningful to you. And then we're all going to meet back up in the afternoon and, and see what we came up with. And everyone went on their merry way. And some people used the money, like one group I thought was really cool. They used the money to buy pizza for themselves, but then they bought extra pizza and went and handed it out to homeless people on the boardwalk. Some people rented bikes instead of driving around. One person in particular found in this vintage store, he bought these, like in, in regard to buying the media, he bought these old vintage photographs that were shot like in Detroit and brought those. And so we basically met up in the afternoon or the evening and sort of shared how we kind of felt we brought those values to life in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And then we shared our interpretation of the media that we got was some people bought a magazine, I think somebody bought some music. But it was just a cool way to kind of get everyone out of the office, rally around the values, let them interpret them in their own way, mm -hmm. make it fun. I put people together that wouldn't necessarily be together typically, like mm -hmm. they wouldn't hang out. But, you know, here's our web dude and, you know, our head of women's marketing, get mm -hmm. people out of their comfort zone and be a little bit vulnerable in like expressing themselves. Yeah. I remember sitting at, at the dinner afterwards kind of going like, wow, that was at work. Like that actually yeah. worked. Yeah. I find it fascinating that A, like you're able to run a successful business and B, at the same time, be able to have like the wherewithal to be checking in on your team to mm -hmm. like find, okay, where is this individual person growing? Like, where are they lacking? Where can they have more space? My my first like real job, I guess, out of college, like I had a boss where she was really, really, really in tune with like, I mean, I was her assistant. So with me personally making sure that like I was constantly growing and doing things that were interesting for me and would add value. And I appreciated that so much. So whenever I like get to talk to leaders like you who clearly do the same. I always think it's interesting. Like what is your vetting process like when you're hiring someone? Like, mm. do you spot those values within people? Like what does the interview process look like? Is it just like a vibe check? Obviously the resume <laughs> needs to check out, but then like from there, mm -hmm. how do you mm -hmm. like cultivate a team of people who like are like-minded enough, but also different enough that like, it's not going to be an echo chamber. It's hard to do because I think in interviews, people kind of bring their best and present themselves in a right. certain way. You know, the resume says one thing that that kind of like checks the box of their business acumen? Are they able to do the job that needs to be done? But then there's sort of a cultural or personality diagnostic you got to do with them as well, which is hard to get to know somebody in an hour or say it's three mm -hmm. different hour long interviews. And the majority of the time you probably spent going through the business aspect of it mm -hmm. and what we need to do and can you do this and what have you done previously versus like, hey, what do you like on the weekends? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and some people think that's probably a little bit uh, imposing or asking too much. We used to do, I'll use stance as, as an example, because I think we did a good job of this there. I'm sorry, I'm still shivering from my eyes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we should have given uh, you a heater first. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we used to do, we called them culture interviews. Ooh. Their whole, the whole reason they existed was to sort of like get to know somebody on a personal level to the best of our mm -hmm. ability in a short amount of time. So they went through probably a few different interviews to kind of like establish they had the business acumen to do the job. So that kind of was checked. Then they had to do a culture interview. And at the time, there was five co-founders. The person had to do a culture interview with two of the five. Mm. So every employee we hired, two of the founders got to... Sorry, the light just went out. Oh. <laughs> Should I turn it back on? Sure. Whatever yeah. you want. Okay, hold You're on. You're so good sec. there. No worries.
Kingman, we paused, but I was just telling Gabby, like every time you give examples like this, I'm just like, I cannot fucking wait to be in a position with Thoughts May Vary where we implement all these lessons that you're teaching. Like this, it's just so fucking cool the way that you've navigated that and like brought so much. I I hate the word authenticity now because it's so overplayed, but like fucking realness to the way Mm. in which you went about shit. And like, it makes me so excited to have you as an example of like what I want to be in a position of power as a leader when I get there. It makes me That's, so motivated. I can't even tell you. I'd, lo- I'd love to say I could take credit for all this stuff. I mean, this was a definitely a group effort. I'd say our CEO, Jeff Curl, took a lot of insights from the kind of emerging tech world. I think some of that stuff mm. played out not so great. Like one of the ones that we leaned into heavily was a communal workspace. Okay. And mm. it's just really difficult to have a communal workspace where everyone's sitting a few feet apart from it's, each other. It's yeah. noisy. It's like, you know, it's really tough. Everyone, everyone has their headphones on. Then yep. what do you do? You can't give everyone offices either. So trying to trying to figure out what works. And I think in the last 10 plus years, there was a lot of experimentation done. And a lot of it was driven by big tech like Google and Apple and, you know, their meditation pods and the opportunity to partake in different classes and whatnot. So we tried to extrapolate some of the stuff that worked best in those areas and bring them down to our little world of stance. But Jeff was really sort of a pioneer in that for us. But I had a great time learning about it and helping be sort of like a voice at the table to implement this stuff and and kind of like cast my opinion on what would work, what wouldn't work. There's so many things we did. We did book clubs. We, oh. we if somebody was being a workaholic, we forced them to take a week off. Oh, um, a paid fuck week off. yeah, that's and cool. so a lot of like cultural amenities, I'd say that they they can work in your benefit, but they do have to be sort of like closely. Uh, not monitored, but just, you know, some people take advantage of them. For so, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, we yeah. had we had free meals here at Stance. We had an sh- in-house chef um, every day cooking breakfast and lunch. And, you know, some people would come in, eat breakfast, eat lunch, go out to lunch, come back. And so you're like, well, wait, the, we, we provide the food so they don't have this necessity to feel like you have to leave to go buy food and it's a distraction to your day. You can just eat quickly, get back to work. And then some people, you know, they think, oh, you just want me to stay here all day. And you're like, no, it's just actually, it's a an affordance for you to like not have to like take yourself out of your work, go somewhere else and pay for, for food, et cetera. So it's kind of like two sides to every coin. Mm-hmm. God, what was I talking about in the beginning? The cultural interviews. Oh, go cultural back interviews, to kind yeah. of like like weeding out how you can tell when employees are going to take advantage of that, maybe. And or just you can. kind of getting to know people. Just yeah. my questions, I was pretty direct, you know, like tell me about a challenging time in your life and how you overcame it. I don't even know if it's legal from an HR standpoint, some of the questions that I asked back then. <laughs> but, um, but I was really trying to get to know somebody because it's like, could be somebody that you work with, could be somebody you have no interaction with. One takeaway that was great is I got to know a lot of people that I would never have regular interaction with somebody from accounting Mm. or, you know, finance or production that I would have probably never intersected with outside of like a bigger meeting, but I got to know them and a little bit about them. And if they have kids, what kind of, you know, media they like Mm. to ingest, whether it's like, are you a book reader? (laughs) Are you a movie watcher? Are you a, you know, do you Netflix Mm -hmm. and chill? Like what's your, what's your vibe? Like, and, and so we get to know a lot of people in a really meaningful way. Again, we already checked the box of like, they can do the job. That part's done. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, what kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person that if I had to spend, you know, 10 days on the road with you, is that going to be a a good 10 days or is it going to be like, oh my God, (laughs) this person's driving me crazy. But, uh, but yeah, so these, these interviews were really just like a get to know you kind of deal, not a, Hey, how are you in Excel and what's your PowerPoint skills look like? Uh, you you can kind of ask some questions where you can derive a couple conclusions about leadership or, you know, are they, are they an entrepreneurial thinker or do they express gratitude? Like, you know, some of the questions that we asked were somewhat probing, but um, it was really mostly just to get to know them and make sure that they were the cut from the same cloth that we were in hopes mm-hmm. that we can kind of build a community of uh, like-minded individuals. And like preserve the energy of the space and the, the like brand that you're investing so much of yourself into. Yeah, you know I mean, it makes so, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, the what was it the saying? Um, one bad apple ruins the bunch. Yeah. Like it yeah. can be really difficult if if you let that negativity or dare I say like a cancer into the culture. You yeah. might not even recognize it at first, but then you're like, what is going on? And then eventually you can you know do a diagnostic and figure out where it's coming from. And then it's just to unwind all that is so hard. Yeah. Especially when you spent time getting to know somebody and you're like, oh, I thought we like vetted them in a meaningful way. 
Whoops, totally. I guess we messed up. Okay. The other thing that you said that I would love you to speak more on, honestly, selfishly, because <laughs> it just as a reminder for Gabby and I and our thoughts may vary, is the money follows the movement. Oh my God. Beto brings this up once a week, but it's I, so this true. This is my fucking <laughs> slogan for what keeps us going. It's so true. I would love to hear it straight from you. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Straight from I, the horse's I, mouth. I yeah. I think the context was around sort of like the brand, what they stood for. This was at Lonely Ghost at the offsite. Right. And I've, I've always been a big believer in sort of the why. Yeah. You got to start there. If you focus too much on the what and strategies to get to that, you lose your why. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you've gotten into this for a specific reason. You've developed Mm -hmm. a business with a reason to exist. You know, there should be a desired outcome for sure, but you can't ever forget that why. I feel like if you're doing it for the right reasons and you are confident, you're, again, overused term, authentic Mm -hmm. to your your business or your cause, whatever it may be, that inevitably you will find the right path and the 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 profit will will find you. Now that's not to say it just because you do something great and you're you're you know committed to it that there will be money or profit. To kind of contrast this a little bit, somebody recently said to me, no margin, no mission. As I'm in the throes of developing a business and it's kind of I'd say a little more mission centric. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you still have to build a business. And Mm -hmm. if you're not making money, you can't develop that cause Mm -hmm. or you can't develop that mission. At the end of the day, it's it's like start with why, believe in yourselves, be devout to your cause, your reason to exist. Don't focus on the money and forget about the why. Because mm-hmm. that you end up starting making, you know, compromising decisions. You could jeopardize what you got into this for in the beginning. Because oh, yeah. you're like, oh, we have to hit this certain profit threshold, or we have to get this, you know, this many users or this whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So just don't ever lose focus of that why you got into it, especially when it's mission or purpose driven. Because mm-hmm. that's what's gonna kind of get you through the inevitable challenges that lay ahead. And mm-hmm. when you're kind of like grinding it out and thinking like, God, why am I even doing this? This is just uh this is just driving me nuts. You kind of settle back into that why and go, okay, no, this is there's a, a deeper meaning to my work. There's a purpose here. Mm-hmm. The money will yeah. come. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> so true. They will come. Um, I think Beto, you sent me this on Instagram the other day. There was like this like Venn diagram that you sent oh, me. Oh, yeah. I know exactly this? And it's yep. it was talking about the sweet spot of like what you'll get paid for in life and like where that success comes mm-hmm. from. And it was like the combination of profession and vocation where vocation was like what the world needs. So it was like your vocation and your mission is like Mm -hmm. part of the Venn diagram. And then the other half is like your profession and your passion. And that's like what you're good at. And then when those two come together, so your profession and your vocation, like that's what you get paid for. That's like, that's the sweet spot right there. I've seen that before. I love love Venn diagrams. I love (laughs) Venn diagrams. (laughs) You would, of course you do. I also feel like that why is so poignant. I feel like we've talked about this too, Kingman, in that stage of brand building where Like maybe you did the like scrappy startup thing. You like finally have some means of success. And then there's like a burst of growth really quickly. And I think that's something, hopefully, right? I think that's something that I've been lucky enough to see a couple brands navigate that and like make mistakes and do it well. But I feel like it's almost like people forget to come back to that consistently. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's even going back to what you said about like creating the opportunities to like express your values with your company throughout time. Like coming back to that consistently helps you in those little phases of growth to not get lost in the sauce. Well, essentially. When do you know when it's time to pivot if mm. everything is based on that initial why? That's a really good question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say when. I think it's sort of a, a sixth sense or it's an intuition that you have. You might be right on the cusp of that success mm-hmm. and you just don't know it. It feels like you're in the uh, there's a psychological diagram of businesses where it's the beginning of the journey is this uninformed optimism and then informed <laughs> pessimism. And then you get into the valley of despair and then you come back up to informed optimism. And it's just this journey that most like startups yeah. and entrepreneurs go through. And you could be in the valley of despair, just like, this isn't working. I'm not going to make it. And you kind of have to rely on your why, mentors, Mm -hmm. outside influence, like having people give you candid Mm -hmm. feedback because you might be on the precipice of like the breakthrough. You just don't know. And and there's no, there's no answer to it necessarily. I think it's just, you got to, 
if you know, you know, but Mm -hmm. I would encourage anyone going through that. And I've been going through it myself personally. I feel like I'm in the valley of despair most of the time. And you just got to like fucking knuckle up and get, get to work. And it's hard because that's when you're just like, you you feel defeated almost. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very psychological and it's just, but, but at the same time, if there, if there comes a point where you've exhausted all potential, whatever resources, the the thesis is not correct. The business isn't profitable. You should have some like little glimmers of hope, even if it's just like a crumb, Mm -hmm. but you know, a crumb leads to another crumb and all of a sudden you got a cookie and then all of a sudden you got a feast. Just Mm -hmm. don't give up without having exhausted all the potential resources around you. You know, sometimes it's outside feedback mm-hmm. and very candid feedback. Like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who has, that isn't so emotionally wound up in, in whatever it is that, that you're doing, because that yeah. can be very emotional and you can get, you know, blinders on. And sometimes it takes a little outside perspective to just kind of shake you up a little bit and go, oh, okay. I mean, I've had to go through this recently a number of times and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But with you temple know, stuff it, recently. Yeah. 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 And just in my life too, different times, you know, I'll be holding on to something so tight. Yeah. And I've, I've seen it with other people where I, I was, I was, I was having a dinner with somebody once and they're expressing all their frustrations and their work and this thing. And I was like, man, it was so easy for me to have this perspective. I was like, man, you're just holding on too tight. You you can't, it's not yours Mm -hmm. first off. And I think they should appreciate the level of passion and, and commitment you bring to this job. But it's not going to change and you're holding on too tight and just let go. Some things you can't control. It took that outside perspective though, somebody who's been there and can kind of recognize that. And not to mm-hmm. say I'm some, it's just that was one time in particular. Where I was like, oh shit, I can fully see. You are very good at that. Don't sell yourself through. short. The power of mentors. Very, I was like, you. that is a perfect pitch for why people should have mentors. Yeah. It's so true. It's <laughs> that dynamic. You've done that for me countless times. But you know what? Interestingly enough, that's perfect transition too, because I want to get into your why. Selfishly, I want to know your life story because you've teased it to me multiple times and I haven't gone the full (laughs) picture. But also you were on your friend's podcast recently and I thought it was so interesting because you kind of talked about growing up and having zero aspirations and like not being attached Mm -hmm. to what you were doing in a work or career sense at all. And I want to know how like kind of like your life mission, especially with what you're doing with Temple, which I will of course get into too. But like how that aligned with going from zero aspirations and not really caring to being like so self-motivating, self-starting and building up crazy fucking cool brands. Mm. Oh, thanks. <laughs> of course. Man, during that podcast, because they asked the question, I was like, I don't, I don't really know. I've never really reflected back on what got me out of my sort of like, I don't know, shithead phase. <laughs> like I was just... Yeah. <laughs> I was just like a punk, you know, I was yeah. like a skateboarder, didn't have any aspirations. I hung around my friends. We all kind of, it was partly because I grew up in Hawaii. Even when I moved to California, I didn't have, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really find anything that got me excited. And you never went to school. We ta- I remember that part of the podcast. Yeah. Still yeah, moved to California and didn't go to school. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thought, I thought that's what I needed to do. I was kind of yeah. like, oh, is this what people do? They go to college and they learn a course and then they take that course and they do it in their life? I don't fucking know. Yeah. It's as I've reflected back on it, I think a couple things were impactful to me. One was martial arts. I've always Mm. been a fan of martial arts and I've practiced different martial arts through my youth, but then I participated in this one in Hawaii and I started to see like progress and I was like, oh. What kind of facet of martial arts were you doing? It was called Kempo. It's like a Chinese Okay, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Aaron is obsessed, so I know a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and it was just like this thing where I, was, I, I, I saw where if I challenged myself, I could improve myself. And I mm. started kind of like delving into a lot of books on Eastern philosophy and martial arts specifically. It sort of just hit a thread with me or whatever. It just it resonated. And I really started to dig in on it. And I just realized that there's this potential we all have. And I hadn't tapped into mine or realized I even had it. I was just so blurred out by whether it was partying or just not having any aspirations or just kind of getting by day to day that um, I didn't recognize it. And so I think through that, and then I got this job when I moved out to California, I kind of had a bunch of random jobs and I worked at this skateboard screen printer and I started at the very bottom, like bottom of the skateboard industry, even if you will, I was scraping the excess paint off the boards after they screened them with a razor blade and like sticking them back on the racks. And then from there, I moved up to the shrink wrap machine 
And then from there, I moved up to the like inventory management. And it was just, I saw this progress that I had never experienced before. Mm -hmm. And it was so subtle and so small. And it was like, but I felt this like desire to improve myself, both Mm -hmm. in martial arts, in my life, in my work. And I started to take things more seriously. I started to really like- Roughly what age? Sorry. uh, Probably like 25, 26, something like that. Cool, cool, cool. So I'd, I'd gone quite a while just- randomly mm-hmm. swimming through life. Kingman, I heard this the other day yeah. and it's like my new favorite saying that kind of goes along with your timeline. Peaking in your 20s is yeah. the new peaking in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I love that. obsessed with that. So I oh, read God. it somewhere and I can't get out of my head. I need so to, I like, love that you were like mid 20s. I need to tattoo that on my forehead. I, I know, literally. Okay, keep going, please. <laughs> and so I got that job and then I got another job that was an improvement and then I got another job and it just I saw this like steady increase in like, both capacity, compensation, and sort of like the accolades that came with it. And I just, it felt really good to me. And then when I got a job as a team manager at a place called Giant Skateboard Distribution, that's where I was introduced to what I didn't even know at the time was marketing. Mm. I just kind of, I just hit a stride. It just felt like it just kind of came natural and it felt really good. I, I, I've always had some sense of imposter syndrome my entire life to this day, but it didn't really feel like I was in the wrong place. I just felt like, oh, mm. this is this kind of comes naturally. And I just kind of went up from there. It was kind of a crazy ride from then to being a CMO at Stance, to being a president of a brand, to starting brands. It's like, it's been, a, it's been crazy experience. So there was not like a specific moment. It was just sort of a slow build phase. Mm -hmm. It took me like looking into myself, realizing a certain capacity that I had that I didn't realize I had a Mm -hmm. little bit, probably of ego, probably ego Mm -hmm. going, Hey, you can do better than this. You can show up better than this. And I should say riddled with failures along the way. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. That's the only way to succeed. You You fucking stumble from failure to failure. What's that famous quote? Stumble from success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Oh my God. Yeah, man. It's tough. That's Winston Churchill, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Talk about somebody who's stumbled through. Yeah. (laughs) Period. (laughs) You know, it's real easy to get caught up in things and blame, you know, oh, it's this thing or that thing or this Mm -hmm. didn't work out or and it's not it's like those things exist i just did a silly instagram post about this the other day but like i was watching a documentary uh, by jonah hill about him and his th- I psychotherapist saw it. i still it's need amazing. to watch it i still know it's been on your homework list for so long i know i know it's so good it's so One good part in particular his his stuts his doctor Stunts, says, yeah. in life, there's three things that are just non-negotiable. And the sooner you come to terms with it, and the sooner you figure out ways and develop principles to work with it, the better off you'll be. And it's pain, uncertainty, and constant work. And I feel mm. like in my life, I've smashed my metaphorical boat against those rocks so many mm. times. But it is. It's so true, man. There's going to be pain. You're going to have to deal with pain. And the better you are at dealing with it, the the better life can be. Mm-hmm. Process through it. Don't just like ignore it or just like uh, try to like absorb it. Because mm-hmm. the sooner you absorb it, the sooner you can process it. There's so many times in my life where I was so sure-footed in something and so certain something was going to happen, whether it was a, a job or a payment for something or you know whatever it may be, and it didn't happen. And I was like, so back on my heels, like what? I wasn't expecting this. And so coming to terms with the fact that there's going to be uncertainty, I don't know, it's really impactful. And then constant work, like you're always working on something. Mm -hmm. It's either your work, work, your life, yourself, your Mm -hmm. relationship. For me, it's my relationship with my wife, with my kids, with my Mm -hmm. friends, with myself. Myself is the hardest one, as I've realized in lots of therapy. Um, Man, I'm fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's just kind of coming to terms with it and just being yeah. like, yeah, it, it is what it is. Like, I, I just have to make certain changes or just come to terms with things that I've been through that impact me and mm-hmm. try to evolve from it. Accept that part of yourself, like the other, like the work stuff, mm-hmm. like accept it and mm-hmm. move through it. Like you're saying, yeah, totally. That's that's life. That's the journey, I think. Yeah. We, we tend to get caught on this hedonic treadmill of like, yeah. oh, if I just get to this promotion or if I just get to this much money or if I just get to this this house mm-hmm. that we need mm-hmm. or if we just move to this neighborhood or if I just hit this car, whatever your treadmill is dictating your, your next thing is, and then you get to that thing and then you just want the next thing. Yep. And uh, I've been like, not obsessing with, but like really kind of intrigued by stoicism as of late mm, and some cool. of their principles. It, it has resonated with me in a meaningful way. And so I just, that's part of my daily ritual as I read like the, the daily stoic. I read yeah, the passage yeah, yeah. that's on the day and kind of just is a good 
good gut check and reminder on you know things. What are those principles that you felt like resonated with you? Well, I'm not a stoic, <laughs> but I think just the idea to like process through things to mm-hmm. kind of recognize things for what they are. Don't get too emotional in it. There's this idea, I think it's memento, memento mori, which is like, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Like just acknowledge that we're all going to die and don't be fearful of it. It's, so it kind of has this dark sort of facade a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's actually pretty light once you kind of dive into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not like an aficionado on stoicism. I just, something that I've like really been intrigued by in, in yeah. recent months or years. And uh, that one in particular is like, cause I think you, you, you worry about so much. Mm-hmm. It's okay to worry, but like worry to what end? Like right. you have to try and solve things and resolve things. And, and like, it's okay to kind of sit back and like evaluate your life and mm-hmm. be a little stoic and just kind of like take inventory of what's really important to totally. you. And it's fun. I'm like over indexed on, on stoicism. Probably I have the, my book that I read every day. I have a, this thing called the daily dad, which is a newsletter, about oh, parenting, so which is sto- stoic parenting. And then there's the daily stoic. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, it's just too much stoicism. Yeah. And again, <laughs> like I got to branch out. I'm like, Oh, but again, it's just a good kind of gut check for me as of late. Yeah. That one's been really intriguing to me. But that, I've had these different, you know, fascinations throughout my life of different, you know, modalities or practices, whether mm. it's martial arts or stoicism or, you know, different wellness practices, meditation, microdosing. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm very curious by nature and I like trying different things. Not everything, you know, hits or is impactful, but I am a fan of kind of leaning in and, and trying to experience different things in an effort to help myself or help those around me, that part is, is sort of central to the, that curiosity. I yeah. Think. I feel like just as humans, like it's part of our nature to just be ever evolving. So it, it mm. makes sense that our tools and practices are also going to be ever evolving because for those for sure. to stay stagnant while we're growing, like no wonder we so often feel so misaligned and like lost. Yeah. Or when people get out of touch with their coping routine, like it, it, another way to say exactly what you're saying, Gabby, is like people wake up one day and do the same coping routines that they thought have been working for them and realize they're a separate person than they were a year ago. Yeah. It's not going to work the same way. Yeah. You know, but I want to, I want to get into all your coping mechanisms because okay, we haven't really dived into temple yet, which is your latest venture, which is yeah. temple of wellness and weirdness. Temple of weirdness and wellness. Weirdness and wellness. Damn it. <laughs> temple of weirdness and wellness. I'll get it right. But you, I want to know kind of like when, what was like, which facet of that was your first one? How did it come up? How did it help you? Like walk us through your self-care routine now and like kind of how you got into all of them. Yeah. Oh, that's been a journey. I think if I had to narrow it down, it's been my life of these different things. I mean, even when I was a kid and dealing with, you know, being alone as a kid, I was, you know, an only child. Mm -hmm. My mom, I was like a latchkey kid. You know, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you guys know what that is. It's a, no. it's a Gen X thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell but, us. Uh, it's just basically you're kind of like left alone a lot as your parent your parents okay. worked. And so right. I uh Is that I was a book? The- Latchkey kids? Is that a book no. or something? Oh, just, maybe oh, there okay. is, but that's just sort of a term for the generation okay. of kids that grew up and kind of the way I did. I don't even know what the term is. I think latchkey, like you just go through the gate and you're in your house. I don't know. Yeah. But, oh, um, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a program, like an after school program. I think there's like a latchkey program. Oh. But, uh, but anyway, up, you know, either way. different coping mechanisms back then. Uh, but, you know, like you said, people evolve and people change and like what worked then is certainly not going to work now. Mm-hmm. So I think my, my, my sort of pivotal moment for my current journey was I was having coffee in Kauai, in Honolulu Bay with my friend Dylan. And we were just talking about stuff. And, and he's like, hey, have you heard of Wim Hof? And I was like, what? Mm. What's that? And I literally Damn, that's heard. that's early. I have wow. not heard of Because this is in it. your yeah. childhood? This is like you're a teenager? Oh, no, no, no. No, no. This is uh, oh, 2000. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's 2015. Got it. Okay. I was like, God 15. damn. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no that's still pretty. Amazing. That's still. You're still ahead of the curve like with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, damn. But uh, so he he said he, he said it and I was like, what is that? And he didn't tell me. He's like, oh, just go yeah. to Kaiborg on the North Shore. So I was going from the North Shore of Kauai to the North Shore of Oahu. I was like, okay. So then I hit up Kaiborg, who's this kind of like relatively intimidating human being from the North Shore, <laughs> big guy known for his history of fighting. He's he's a pretty radical mm. guy. And so I hit him up. I was like, hey, Dylan told me to come see you about Wim Hof. 
He's like, okay, bro. Yeah, cruise over. Grab, go grab bags of ice at the local hardware store. I was like, what? Okay. He's like, <laughs> grab two big, like the big bags and come to my house yeah. at this time. I was like, okay. So I showed up at his house and uh, I had these two big bags of ice. And I wasn't like super tight with Kyborg. I knew him a little bit. We'd hung out a couple of times, but he wasn't like a bro yet. Mm-hmm, like, I mm-hmm. consider him a good friend now. But uh, he's like, bring trunks and a towel. So I had a towel. He's like, hey, lay down on the ground. Okay, start breathing. <sighs> We start, I'm just like, okay. And he's this big intimidating guy. I'm like, okay, am I doing it right? He's like, okay, just go. Okay, hold your breath. And I'm all, uh, okay. And I, it was like the most intense Wim Hof session I think I've ever had. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was just this crazy, I was just, I was so nervous and trying to keep up and do it right. I'm like, I'm not doing it right. It's this, and I was like, whoa, I am doing it right. Cause I had this like yeah. really incredible experience. And then he's like, okay, hey, we're done. Like jump in the ice bath. I was like, what? <laughs> Okay. And I get in this ice bath. I'm like, oh my God, it's so freaking cold. Oh, this sucks. He's like, hey, breathe. And I did. And then I got out of the ice bath and I just felt like I was levitating. I was like, what did you just do to me? Like, all I did was breathe and get in cold water. Like, whoa, there's, this is radical. And that was kind of it. And then I've gone. And then from there, I just went on this whole Wim Hof journey with different friends. I'd like do it for friends. I remember I was at this place in Mexico once and we were at this like conference and I grabbed a bunch of guys. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to go to the hotel? And I'll like lead you guys in a Wim Hof breathwork session. They're like, some guys had done it. Some guys hadn't. And I'm all of a sudden we're up in this hotel room. I'm like, Hey, breathe. And I'm like leading him through this breathwork session. Oh no, it was a lot of fun. And then I got into doing ice baths. I bought like that horse trough, like I was telling you guys about a little yeah, bit ago. Yeah, yeah. Put it in my backyard. I'd host Wim Hof breath sessions and ice baths at my house. I just loved it. I just was like, I got to tell people about this and totally. uh, and share it. And then that kind of put me on a journey into like lesser but more impactful practices like journaling, mm. meditation, uh, mm-hmm. just regular breathwork. And then mm-hmm. even so far as like plant medicine and different modalities around that, I'm very like I said, curious by nature. And if there's something that I think can like improve my well-being, I want to try yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I'm like addicted to like finding a wellness cure. Like I'm always looking for something new. I try and if it if it helps me, great. If it doesn't, cool, moving on. Like not everything is going to be like so impactful, mm-hmm. but it's really like my journey into this. I'm like, wow, this has helped me so much. I want to help other people explore these different modalities or at least express a way to like lean into them a little bit to make them not so seemingly foreign. And a lot has changed in the time that I had this vision to like, not a vision, but it, this inspiration to nowadays, I feel like, you know, breath work and I feel like a lot of people have cold plunges and hot saunas and doing breath work at their house on a regular basis. It was totally foreign just a handful of years ago. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Even plant medicine, you know, psilocybin mm-hmm. or cannabis or mm-hmm. ayahuasca, they've become so much more commonplace these days, which is, is great because I think it helps people. It can help people. It's not for everybody. Like I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. that everyone should do those things, but if you think you could benefit from it, then try it. If it doesn't do anything for you, then step away. If you don't think you benefit from it, then don't try it. You know, there's certain things that everyone's different. Their biological makeup is different. There's so much more information out there nowadays through podcasts. Like I'm not, yeah. a, I like to say I'm a book reader. I've read for a while. I was reading one book a month for a couple of years. Wow. And I felt really, like, really proud of myself, but yeah. I listen to way too many podcasts, but there's so much information <laughs> out there in podcasts with like Dr. Andrew Huberman yeah. or, you know, Rich Roll. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Jocko Willink. And uh, there's just like so much incredible information that's just right there. And it's what you intend to do with the information. The information is one part, mm-hmm. you know, if it was just mm-hmm. information, I heard this is a quote, this isn't me saying this, but if it was like, if it was only information that we needed, everyone would be a millionaire with like six packs and like fit bodies. Yeah. And uh, it's not just that it's like the application of this information and taking, putting yourself out of your comfort zone and trying things for the first time. And this I correlate back to um, that kind of white belt moment, which is like you show yeah. up and try something for the first time. It's going to suck. You're not going to mm-hmm. be good at it. You're going to look goofy doing it, whether that's yoga, basketball or surfing mm-hmm. or whatever. You're not going to be a pro when you show up mm-hmm. and it just takes time and commitment and discipline. It's going to take a lot more time than you think. I think that's one of the sort of like detractions of our current sort of Instagram instant success society yeah. is like, oh, you can just go and like, you know, work from home and be a millionaire. This is how I did it. And everyone's like, oh, I want to do that. There's no get rich quick. 
There's no get Mm -hmm. healthy quick. There's no get fit quick. There's like all these things that people aspire to have or try to attain. It just takes a lot of work. Starting a brand takes a lot of work. There's so much bullshit. There's so much time. There's so many times you're like in the drudgery of it all. Just like, God, this is not it. We just got to power through it. And mm-hmm. that's like anything, a workout, like, you know, going to the gym for the first time, if you want to like try lifting weights, you're so intimidated because there's all these like fit people, guys, girls walking around and you're like, I don't want to like do like the lightest weight on the bench. I've started doing this thing recently where we have a gym here at Stance, a pretty nice mm-hmm. gym. And so I was coming here to work out and then I, I was like, this is kind of boring by myself. I asked a couple of friends to come and they were all, similarly like, oh, I don't really work out that much. I'm like, just come. Like there's no judgment for mm-hmm. me, certainly. And it's been like, I'd say transformational for a few people where they're like, I would have never gone to a gym. Like, I don't want mm-hmm. to be like known as like a gym person, but like, I'll come work out with you. And I'm not a, a fitness trainer by any stretch of the imagination, but I know a few things enough to where I could put us on a program and we like do a body part, like we'll do chest mm-hmm. or we'll do some cardio or we'll do some fucked up Instagram workout that I see that I'm like, that looks hard. <laughs> and it is, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, again, I think it's just, weirdly my nature to like see something see an opportunity try something i like can't shut up about it and then i'm like i probably project it onto other people you know, hopefully in a positive <laughs> way in an effort but, for community yeah yeah i like i like building community yeah. i like trying to do things i like you know uh, another friend of mine mike and i do these supper clubs which it was his suggestion he's like hey let's organize these supper clubs i was like what it was so fun yeah it's just getting rad people together on a you know quarterly basis we get try and get some sponsors to pay for the dinner so we're not coming out of pocket and yeah you know who knows what comes of it a a good connection some inspiration um a good meal like all that stuff yeah feels like your through line for everything, like even with what you were talking about with what you were unpacking and going back to like even the mission and brand building, like you're so good at releasing attachment to the outcome yeah. and like really making, like you said before, like it's about the journey and not the destination. And when you release attachment to the outcome and can like find that motivation in each small step of the journey, whether it's like through right. jujitsu or like moving up the ladder of a skateboard shop, like that kind of like intrinsic self-motivation is what gets you through it all. Cause the fucking work never ends. That's all we talk about, whether it's constant. for yourself or for others. It never, constant it never fucking ends. work, baby. It never ends. Yeah. I, I just love that you said be goofy. Cause quite literally yesterday, like we're so aligned. It's not even funny. Literally yesterday I was writing a blog post for a, a mental health nonprofit kind of talking about like, if you, if resolutions are for you, how to develop a new mindset and like be a little bit more gentler rather than goals than mindset. And I talked about this, uh, Instagram video that went floating around. I'm pretty sure I sent it to you, Gabby of Trevor Noah talking about why he thinks he's good at imitations is because no, I didn't see when it. he learned. Did I not send it? I'll no, send it to send you it later. To me. It was send him to me talking too. about, <laughs> I will, I will for sure. He was saying how like when children learn languages, one of the reasons why they're so good at it is their willingness to be goofy and imitate and be like, blah, 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 blah. But like, yeah. they don't give a fuck about what they sound like and how stupid they sound. But that like willingness to put that, like not have an ego or insecurities and just try to imitate until they kind of get it is what like releases you to learn more quickly and like be willing to be a fool. And that's kind of like exactly what you said. I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Like just releasing that. Everyone starts as a beginner kind of like yeah. releasing that limitation on yourself and just like be willing to be silly to a certain extent. And it gets harder as you get older because you have more pride oh, and you're, you're yeah. more like you're, you're denser and you're just like, oh, this is who I am. I don't know. I encourage people to try something new. I mean, I'm trying to be a podcaster all of a sudden. I'm like, what yeah. the hell am I fucking doing? I don't know anything about it. I just, I like talking to people. I, I don't know. And There's a a multitude of issues and so many snags and like things that I'm learning the hard way, (laughs) but I'm just powering through it. I'm going to continue to try and do it. I'm actually, I'm just going to continue to do it. And you know, it's, if you build it, they will come. (laughs) If you build it, they will come. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like that's a beautiful place to To wrap a bow on the conversation. To wrap a bow on the conversation. We brought it full circle. Yeah, we brought like it full that. circle. Hey, man, thank you for finally being here. I know. Thank you so oh, much. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, it made sense. Oh my gosh! Oh my, I don't, more I don't, than sense. I, first off, I don't want to to come across as any sort of like aficionado in any of this stuff. I'm on the journey, just like everyone. I'm learning every day. I'm failing every day. I'm like, I have so many things that you know I've wish I could have done better. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to keep going. And uh, But that perspective is what makes you the most like impactful mentor on my life. Like granted, I haven't, <laughs> you're my first kind of like formal 
mentor relationship, as you know, but like <laughs> bringing that perspective to it and like constantly, I feel like I know you're going to hate this now, given what you just said, but like every time I talk to you, it feels like a fucking masterclass for me. Like it <laughs> is so helpful for me to like absorb information in your perspective and like see you model as an example of how it doesn't end and mm -hmm. how like, you, you know what you mean? Like trying something new at a different stage of your life and not being afraid of what that looks like. Like it's always, you are always such a fucking radical example of how I want to move through life. Well, and I thank, thank you. you. I'm very humbled by that and very appreciative. But yeah, I mean, hey. No, let your ego swell a little bit journey. with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, it's scary. It's a, that, that puts pressure on me. <laughs> but I'm, no, but hey, don't let it. it. Don't let let's it. Let's go. No, <laughs> but I need that. I'm like, all right, let's fuck fucking it, we go. Ball. <laughs> let's fucking ball. Here we go. And you know what Aaron told me the other day? Say it was such a kind of a tangent, but future started rapping at like 45 or something like mm. that. I was like, oh shit. What? So I can like change my career like every decade of my life, like bet and still be. Yeah, dude, I didn't had no I idea. Isn't that, that wild? That's yeah. something I struggle with is like age, ageism. I'm like, oh man, am I too yeah. old to do this? Am I, is, am I still Fuck relevant? No. Am I, what am I into? Is, is that even, you know, it's just like all these things, but it's all that self-doubt. And there's an incredible book, uh, Stephen Pressfield, um, The War of Art. And oh, yeah. he, yeah, he yeah, talks yeah. about the resistance and how the resistance is just there always waiting to like seep into your psyche and just stop you from doing whatever it is you want to do. And I fucking, that really like resonated with me when I read that yeah. and was just sort of going, yeah, that is absolutely, I have the resistance. So it's like just sitting here waiting totally. for me to like, and I just got to like fucking get out of here, get off me. <laughs> like, it's, but it's a, it's like, it's like an hourly struggle. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah. So many times, just like okay, this is a resistance. Just buckle down, focus. And that's what I need to focus on. Is focus. I need to be a better focuser because I'm so easy. I'm like squirrel. Oh, so same. Shiny <laughs> object. I'm like same. Oh <laughs> no, literally. Oh, that's God, Andrew same. Huberman's tips for us, huh? That's how I fucking yeah. try to learn to focus because everything he says. What a wow, what a G that guy is, man. Oh. Dude, him. even, I okay, I, I, love I, I love him so much. We have to get him on your podcast. Like even his tip about if you put a hat on during the second half of the day, like after your first eight hours of waking up and then for your circadian rhythm, the second, if you put a hat on, lowering your visual ceiling helps you like focus in on analytical work. Like he has all oh, those wow. little tips. I'm like, get the fuck, dude, I'm telling you, he's incredible. We, we're going to get him on your podcast. Manifest that. He, I'm manifesting uh, I it so. for you. Oh, it's my friend works with him. Um, on his podcast, there's four guys that do Six it. Six degrees, it's like a top baby. Five podcasts in the world, and there's just four of them. Yeah, wow. And uh, God, yeah, cool. no, it's just the amount of information he retains. I'm just in such awe of. I'm like, I can't totally. remember what I had for dinner last night, and he's got <laughs> this, this biology like textbook, just yeah. blah, 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 blah. but in a way that's not um, oppressive or kind of like boring. Yeah. You. You're just like engaging. You're like, no, it's approachable. Right. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he so. has a photographic memory. We got to end. I'm going to keep talking on this thing forever. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. No, don't apologize. People love it. The people love I'm it. I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Please come back. All right. Thanks. Okay. Now don't log off because we got to take a photo. We got to take a picture. <laughs> oh, let me, turn the, let me turn the light on again. Hold on. Okay, cool. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts may vary pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.